Welcome to A Quiet Room, a new experimental mindfulness storytelling podcast from Whalebus. What does an experimental mindfulness storytelling podcast entail? Um, uh, it's, um... Yeah, we are not entirely sure what that means ourselves, but we hope you'll join us as we figure that out. This podcast is designed to facilitate mindfulness and relaxation. Think of it like some weird self-guided meditation tape. There will be sweet and relaxing stories, beautiful and rich soundscapes, and honestly, whatever else we can come up with. I found podcasts to be extremely helpful in getting me to relax. You know, sometimes it's just useful to have something to focus on when it feels like my mind is trying to think about a billion things at once. Whether you're listening to this on your early morning commute or snuggling into bed for a well-earned sleep, let your mind wander if it needs to. Just focus on your breathing and the sounds around you and who you are and where you are. Sit back, get comfortable, make yourself at home. Because remember, this is your quiet room. Um, okay. (laughs) I decided to take it slow the other day, so I took all the social media off of my phone, and I went for a walk, which was lovely, and I went down in my neighborhood in Brooklyn. There's all these, like, beautiful houses that are, like, three stories tall, and I want to live there one day. And um, there are all these dead-end roads, and so I would walk down to the end of the dead-end roads to see if there was any, like, you know, ghosts there. So they cool, like, abandoned houses. I found, like, a little waterfall by an apartment complex with fish in it. And so I watched the fish swim around for a little bit. It was just a very relaxing walk. Like I said, it's very quiet. It's a lot of like one-story buildings, unless you go to like the suburban kind of side. It's really beautiful. Like I said, there are all these like three-story houses and there's like super tall trees. And uh, yeah, it's really uh, East Coast New York, which I like. I haven't found a park near me. There's a library and right next to it, there's like a little sort of field and a couple benches, but I can't figure out how to get in. So I like to think it's a park for ghosts. promenade of invisible laughter, a swing for souls, a slide for spirits, a getaway for ghouls, a park for ghosts. There's this wine shop next to my apartment that, um, I feel like is a magical place not because like I'm an alcoholic who loves wine but because 
like this one man works there and he's like in his late 30s and he just like not a lot of people come in so he just plays all these old records all the time um and then there's this woman who like lives on the block for some like i live in the west village but for some reason our block is really small and quiet and everyone knows each other and she leaves her like aging dog there all day to like so that the wine store guy can watch him and his name is klaus <laughs> and he's a dachshund and he's like 14 years old <laughs> and can barely walk he just waddles everywhere but he gets so excited anytime someone like goes in and he's honestly the reason that i'm there all the time he's so soft and he's the best worker in the entire shop and last night I went in because I really needed to see Klaus. And I walked in and the guy who runs the shop was like blasting techno music and playing on his like keyboard and like totally jamming out. And Klaus was sitting on this little table just like dancing, like the only way a dog can dance. And I think it's the most pure magical experience I've ever had. Hi, good boy. Hi, hi, hi. You're such a good boy. Oh my gosh, you're so cute. You know how like when you're a little kid and certain visuals, like really weirdly specific visuals just like kind of are printed in your head? The example I was going to give is that in an episode of Spongebob where Spongebob is visiting the Chum Bucket, Plankton's restaurant or something, and Plankton says... And the joke was in the lab. It was just like a video screen with like a Labrador <laughs> retriever. As a kid, I didn't get that. The rooms that they showed was like an empty room with like, it was like some white lines on blue tile, right? Mm -hmm. And then the laboratory was the same, but it had like beakers and test tubes and stuff everywhere. So as a little kid, I thought that a lab was different than a laboratory because I was like taking it very visually. Like I was like, oh, a lab is like an empty room. <laughs> And so I was really into labs. <laughs> I was like, that just image was in my head in preschool, I remember. And I had this this friend, Alec. I found out he was into Dexter's lab. And like, he also liked labs. <laughs> and I said to him, like, we should build a lab. <laughs> and he was like, without skipping a beat, was like, yeah, definitely, totally. All I remember is being in his backyard. And there was like a, like a, five by five plank of wood on the ground. Oh, and in my head, I was like, oh, that's, that's the foundation. That's the start of the lab. There was no question about it, you know? We were outside on, in his backyard. I was like, oh, yeah, this is where the lab's gonna be. And I remember like every week I'd ask him like, how's it going? <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, like my dad's busy. Like we can't, we can't build the lab yet. And I'm like, okay. Again, it's really weird how, like, kids think, you know? In my head, I was like, oh, well, that's, it's taking long because that's if you build it, like, the hammer and nail way. We need to do it, like, the cartoon way, where if this were a cartoon, you could just, like, press a button and it would happen, right? 
And I just believed that that was a different way of things getting built. And I remember later, I went to my friend Andrew's house. And Andrew had just gotten new sneakers. And I remember his had zigzag lines. And it led to a circle right under where, like, the joint of his thumb toe, of his big toe would be. It had a little, like, indentation, so it almost looked like a button. I saw his new sneakers he was showing me, and I said, oh, is that, if you press it, it builds the laboratory? And he said, yes. (laughs) And I remember, so we pressed it, and it just, like, didn't work. (laughs) We kept pressing, and he was like, oh, maybe we gotta do it in a different room. So we went into a different room, tried it, we tried different people's thumbs, different fingers, and it just wasn't working. And like, I was like, okay, it's just like broken. And then after a few weeks, I think it just kind of hit me. I was like, you know, maybe it can't build a laboratory. We hope you enjoyed your stay in A Quiet Room. We'll see you next time. A Quiet Room is a Whalebus production created by Joshua Glazier and Ryan Dorsey. Special thanks to Emma Montuani, Elise Morales, and Zachary Goldberg for supplying the stories. More complete credits in the show notes. Of course, this is the part of the show where I say our famous signing off catchphrase that I do every single episode. And that catchphrase, of course, is stay frosty.